Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty. This week, I have a meaty middle about what to call it when you use multiple prepositions in a row, and a tidbit about the phrase dilly-dilly. We'll start with the prepositions piece by guest writer Marsha Reefer Johnston. A listener named Morgan wrote in with a question about prepositions. In the novel Cannery Row, Steinbeck writes, quote, Silver rivers of fish pour in out of the boats, unquote. Morgan asks, how can we have in, out, of three prepositions strung together in a row? The trick to answering this question is to reframe the question. What if we aren't looking at three prepositions in a row in this case? Then you can ask, what kind of words are in, out, and of in Steinbeck's sentence? Although people often think of in, out, and of as prepositions, you can't tell whether a word is a preposition or any other kind of word just by looking at it. To classify a word, it helps to know its grammatical role, its function in relationship to other words around it, and even then, experts sometimes disagree. Let's start with a simple example. Consider the word dog. It morphs from noun to adjective to verb, as you go from petting a dog, to buying dog food, to dogging it. So what kinds of words are in, out, and of in the phrase pour in out of the boats? We could say that in is a verb particle and out of is a two-word preposition. How so? Let's step back and clarify the differences between three types of words that can be hard to tell apart. Prepositions, verb particles, and adverbs. A simple preposition is a word that appears immediately before, in pre-position, to an object, a noun, noun phrase, or pronoun. In other words, prepositions are reliable signals that a noun is coming. A preposition connects its object, such as a noun, to some other element in the sentence. Take the sentence, squiggly hopped into the boat. Here, the simple preposition into connects the noun boat to the verb hopped. We say that the prepositional phrase, into the boat, modifies the verb hopped. A complex preposition, also called a phrasal preposition, is a preposition made up of multiple words. English speakers use complex prepositions all the time. Examples include according to, along with, apart from, as for, because of, far from, and up against. So when fish pour in out of boats, they do so with the help of the phrasal preposition out of. Next, any fish that find themselves pouring in do so by virtue of a phrasal verb. Just like a phrasal preposition, a phrasal verb, such as pour in, is a verb made up of multiple words. 
Each phrasal verb has a main verb, such as pour, and one or more small following words, such as in, that work together to convey a single idiomatic meaning. The phrasal verb pour in has the idiomatic meaning flow rapidly in a steady stream. People often describe phrasal verbs as including a main verb plus one or more prepositions. The problem is that thinking of a word as a preposition in cases where it's not behaving like a typical preposition can be confusing. That kind of confusion is exactly what Morgan experienced in contemplating Steinbeck's sentence. If you want to avoid the confusion, you can call these words particles instead of prepositions when they're part of a verb. A phrasal verb creates meaning as a unit even if the main verb is separated from its particle or particles. For example, in the sentence, the student took the idea in, even though took and in aren't next to each other, the verb is took in, meaning absorbed. English has thousands of phrasal verbs. Some have multiple meanings. For example, to check out might mean to look at, check out that elephant. Or it might mean to go to a cashier. Here's my credit card. I'm ready to check out. Or it might mean to exit mentally. I'm going to put on Netflix and check out tonight. Put on might mean don clothes, josh a person, apply makeup, or play recorded music. The website usingenglish.com offers a quiz that contains some 2,000 phrasal verbs, a mere sampling, based on 171 main verbs. In this quiz, the main verb get alone spawns 167 phrasal verbs like these, get back, get ahead of, get along with, and get over. You probably use phrasal verbs all the time. They give our language color and make it endearingly flexible, even as they make it maddening to learn. Words like in, out, and of, which sometimes act as prepositions, and other times act as verb particles, may even take a notion to act as adverbs. An adverb is a word that modifies a verb, an adjective, or another adverb. Adverbs commonly tell when, where, or how something happens. For example, although the word down often serves as a preposition or a verb particle, it serves as neither in the sentence, the tired dock worker sat down. Here, down is not a preposition, since it has no object, and it's not a verb particle, since the verb has no idiomatic meaning. Down simply describes the manner of the sitting. In this case, down is an adverb. If you aren't sure whether a word is acting as a preposition, a verb particle, or an adverb, ask yourself if the verb's meaning is idiomatic or literal. If the word contributes to a verb's idiomatic meaning, like the in in poor in, you can call it a verb particle. If the word's meaning is literal, for example, if you were talking about pulling in a net, where the in indicates the direction you're pulling that net, you'd call it a preposition. You'd call it a preposition. Unless there's no object following the word, like the in in don't fall in, in which case you can call it an adverb. In those three examples, pour in, pull in, and fall in, the word in plays a different role each time. Now a preposition, now a verb particle, now an adverb. Let's look at another example. This time we'll stick with ran out each time. Example one, aardvark ran out of the boat. You can picture feet hitting the ground. Aardvark literally ran. In this case, ran out isn't a phasal verb because it's not idiomatic. 
so it doesn't make sense to call out a verb particle. Here, out is part of the phrasal preposition, out of, in the prepositional phrase, out of the boat. Example two, aardvark ran out of boats. In this case, feet are not involved. Ran out is a phrasal verb, an idiom meaning deplete the supply of something. In this case, we can call out a verb particle. And finally, example three, aardvark ran out. We're back to a literal meaning of the verb. Since ran out isn't idiomatic, it doesn't make sense to call out a verb particle. And many people wouldn't call it a preposition either because it doesn't have a grammatical object. Aardvark simply ran out, period. The word out indicates the direction or manner of the running. In that kind of sentence, you can call out an adverb. Note that we're choosing our words carefully here. Not everybody agrees on these categories. The point is it's sometimes helpful to classify words by their functions, which can vary from sentence to sentence, rather than assigning them unchanging labels. In case you're wondering about the so-called rule against ending a sentence with a preposition, wonder no more. This, quote, rule has been called a durable superstition, a remnant of Latin grammar, and, in another Grammar Girl episode, one of the top ten grammar myths. At least one editor reports seeing many a tangled sentence due to reluctance to end a sentence with a preposition. The same goes for verb particles and adverbs. So in your sentences, feel free to choose whichever words sound most natural to wrap up with. In summary, this article's title, How Many Prepositions Can You Use in a Row?, is a trick question. If you think you have two or more prepositions in a row, look closely. Words that we usually think of as prepositions—words like in, out, and of—may act as simple prepositions, parts of complex prepositions, verb particles, or adverbs. Now that we've covered this topic's ins and outs—oh yeah, in and out can be nouns, too—it's time to pack it in and check out. That segment was written by Marsha Reefer Johnston, author of Word Up, How to Write Powerful Sentences and Paragraphs and Everything You Build From Them. Marsha blogs at writing.rocks. Next, we're going to explore an important topic. What does the phrase dilly-dilly mean? You may have heard this on TV, in an app, or spoken by your friends. If so, you may have wondered, just like me, whether dilly is a real word. The answer is yes and no. Dilly is an obsolete term for a horse-drawn carriage, one that was available for hire. Imagine Pride and Prejudice-era debutantes stepping out of a carriage on their way to a ball. They might have been riding in a dilly. Or picture a stagecoach flying across the Wild West, paying passengers on board and a coachman astride the cab. They, too, were riding in a dilly. This word came to use in the 1700s. Its meaning was extended over time to include carts, trucks, and even railway engines. But as the use of horse-drawn carriages died away, so did this word. Fast forward to 2017. Wyden and Kennedy, the ad agency for Anheuser-Busch, was working on a campaign for the 2017 NFL season. They came up with the idea of a Game of Thrones-like world in which a laconic king cries out, Dilly Dilly, when his subjects bring him beer. The ad debuted in August 2017, and the phrase spread like wildfire across pop culture. 
Soon there were dilly-dilly t-shirts, hats, mugs, you name it. The phrase was even used by Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger in a game against the Tennessee Titans. He called an audible at the line of scrimmage. That means he told his teammates at the last second he was changing the play. The name of the surprise play? Dilly Dilly. The executives who created this campaign admit that the phrase doesn't mean much. Other than conveying a rough sense of cheers or hear, hear, they chose it simply because it made them laugh. And when they chose it, they probably didn't realize it was epizuxis. No, I didn't just sneeze, I said epizuxis. That's a literary device in which a word or phrase is repeated in quick succession. It can be used for emphasis, to generate emotion, or to create a certain cadence. A literary example of epizuxis is from Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, when the antagonist Kurtz cries out, The horror! The horror! A musical example is Maroon 5's song, I Don't Want to Know. I don't want to know, no, 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 who's taking you home, 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 and loving you so, 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 the way I used to love you. And a strangely familiar example can be found in an 1881 book of nursery rhymes. Lavender's blue, dilly dilly, lavender's green. When I am king, dilly dilly, you shall be queen. Who told you, son, dilly dilly, who told you so? "'Twas mine own heart, Dilly Dilly, that told me so." In sum, Dilly was a real word, but the phrase Dilly Dilly has no relationship to it. If you want, use it for fun, use it to laugh, and don't think much more about it. That segment was written by Samantha Anslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Thanks, Sam. Also, thank you to Ms. Holly Golightly for leaving a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find all my old podcasts and articles at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.